Welcome to another edition of the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. I'm Paul Kingsbury. The guy across the desk for me is Brandon Hill. We're happy to be here just a couple of days before the state championship games. There's one game Friday night, five games on Saturday, and every single one of them, Brandon, are going to be good games. Yeah, there's you know not really one game that stands out as you know a potential barn murder. I think we got a lot of good offenses and a lot of really good defenses set to uh, take the stage over and the weekend. Over the last couple of weeks, um, you and I have uh, previewed um, the, the quarterfinals, semifinals. And so we, we've gone over these teams many, many times. And so we're not going to go over an in-depth preview on these teams. Um, by now, everyone should should know them. Or they can go on DidoSports.com, and they can read your state tournament previews that you wrote. Yeah, I just wrapped up about 2,100 words on every classification. <laughs> Um, talked to a lot of coaches, got some really great quotes, got some good stats, and uh, you should check it out. Awesome. So we will definitely do that. So for this, we're just going to run down what the games are in case anyone has been living under a rock and they just woke up and tuned into the prep cast. We'll go over the six. Now, you also had a chance to talk to some coaches uh, during the week, and so we'll get to those interviews as well. And then a, a little something extra at the very end before we take off, something cool that we're doing this year um, over at Holt Arena. So let's start things off. The 5A championship, Coeur d'Alene versus Rigby Coeur coming in nine and two Rigby nine and one you and I will be on this on the call for this one um, up at the Kibbe Dome in Moscow one o'clock on Saturday yeah I think in this one you know the most attention is probably paid to a uh, Coeur quarterback Jake Perka mm-hmm. he's got over 3,000 yards in the season and their offense it's uh, it's flying high now Coeur beat Rigby in yep. the opening game 31-26 but uh, Tanoi Togiai wasn't there. He was injured. True. And so coming in with uh, a, a healthy squad um, experience over the season on both sides, uh, I think you and I are in for a, a pretty good uh, treat at, at the Kibbe Dome on, on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm never one to you know discount momentum. The Trojans haven't lost since that you know week yeah. one game against Coeur d'Alene. So they got, they got a lot of momentum behind them coming into this game. Now head coach Sean Amos is one of those coaches that you had a chance to talk to this week. So let's go ahead and take in a listen to that. On the phone, I have Coeur d'Alene head coach Sean Amos. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. So when you look at uh, this weekend's game against Rigby, you know, how does it feel to be back in the state playoffs, this time in the championship, after losing to Rocky Mountain in the semifinals a year ago? Well, it's always uh, exciting to play for the state championship, and we know that those things are hard to come by, and we don't take them for granted, so we're very excited. And when it comes to last year's squad compared to this year's squad, you had a, a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball that didn't return this year. Uh, which players have you seen that have stepped up to fill those roles from last year? Well, you know, Colby Nosworthy has really done an exceptional job, but he was pretty uh, critical t- with us last year too. So uh, Jake Brown is a receiver. Uh, we got uh, a junior running back, Trent Elstead, and a sophomore running back, Gunnar Julio, that have uh, really filled in the running back void. Uh, Jack Perker, our quarterback, has had an outstanding year. Um, so we've had a, a number of kids, you know, that have waited their turn and they're getting their chance now. And speaking of Perka, you know, he's had an incredible season, over 3,000 yards passing on the year. How impressed have you been with his play this season, and what are you hoping to see out of him in the championship game? Well, it's been pretty impressive. I mean, we knew he was going to be pretty good. Um, but the, the numbers he's put up and the way he's handled himself in, in every situation has exceeded our fairly high expectations. So uh, we expect him to do what 
he's done all year. You know, he, he knows his job. He does his job. He doesn't get rattled. Um, he gets the ball out to all of our playmakers. And, uh, you know, he's kind of the prototypical type of quarterback and kid you want leading your program. Yeah, and when you look at, you know, last year's quarterback play, Kel Edwards, also outstanding. How did Perka step into that role and fill those pretty big shoes? Yeah, well, they're totally different guys. You know, Kel Edwards was basically a linebacker playing quarterback. I mean, he was a wrecking ball, and, and uh, he played with a real edge to him, played like a defensive guy. And uh, Jack is more of your typical quarterback, flatliner, uh, a consistent play guy, knows the offense extremely well. You know, he's a, you know his dad coaches with us. Um, so he's kind of a, more of a what you would picture a, a quarterback mentality. Was it kind of interesting and difficult maybe for your coaching staff to adjust from having, you know, a quarterback, like you said, who was basically a linebacker under center to having a guy like Perka who, you know, can throw it almost on every down? Well, luckily, I, you know, the same offensive coordinator for a long time, and we've coached together for 23 years now. So uh, and he, it's not like we didn't know what we were getting um, the, the next year. So uh, our offensive staff does a really good job of working to the strengths of your players you know in high school football you gotta you gotta work to the strengths of your players there's no recruiting budget and so looking ahead to you know this weekend's game against Rigby is there something specific that, that you and your coaching staff are focusing on when it comes to how the Trojans play well I think there's there's two things you're on offense their quarterback is a nightmare um, you know, so you got to find a way to limit him on big plays. Uh, unfortunately, they have a, a number of other good guys. They have a really good running back. You know, they're they're good up front. They have good receivers. So they saw that he is definitely the guy that that makes them go on offense. And then uh, on defense up front, their their front guys are big and strong and, and are a handful. You know, so we got to be able to maintain the line of scrimmage. Uh, with that defensive front they have. And speaking of this championship game, you know, Kibbe Dome, basically in Coeur d'Alene's backyard, does this feel more like, you know, a regular season home game than a championship? Well, you know, the excitement of the championship, there's just a lot of stuff all of a sudden that you're, you're dealing with, the kids are hearing about, you know, you know, there's kids that haven't really even paid attention to the high school football season, and all of a sudden they're all excited about the state title game. Uh, it is nice to not have to drive a long ways, not to have to stay in a hotel. And, and we've been in the, you know, we played in the Kibbe Dome uh, through the years. And, uh, you know, our kids are fairly experienced in playing in atmospheres like this. Um, so I think we we feel pretty comfortable about our preparation and, and um, excited about this game. Are you expecting plenty of Viking faithful being in attendance? Going to look in the crowd and see lots of lots of blue and gold? I certainly hope so. I hope so. Um, it, you know, the good thing, nice thing about going down there in, in Moscow is we have a lot of kids, ex-players and students that are going to the University of Idaho. So uh, when we play in the Kibbe, we usually pick up quite a good crowd of uh, Vandal, fan, Vandal students there, which is nice. And finally, you know, looking at your season as a whole, don't want to say that you guys were discounted because you did make the, the semifinals last year, but you did have a lot of players that leave after graduation. Uh, Coeur d'Alene kind of was at the, the bottom of the coaches' poll in the top five, kind of hovered around four and five for most of the year. Do, do you think that your team played with a little bit of a chip on its shoulder knowing 
that it had the potential to reach the state championship and people just weren't paying attention to the Vikings? Well, I think that this senior class was real hungry and they, they um, had a lot to prove. And when we, when you have that, you know, you have, if you have a good senior class, you have a chance to be successful. I think we're lucky enough to kind of be at the point of our uh, program where, you know, there's kids just waiting for their turn, their opportunity. Um, and being successful is just, has become an expectation uh, for those kids as they step into to the roles the following year. And uh, finally, is there anything else you'd like to add, you know, about the Rigby Trojans? What are you looking forward to most in this game? Anything at all? Well, it should be a great high school football game. You know, they, they're definitely, uh, I would have to say, they're the hottest team going right now with the way they've run through the, the playoffs. And, um, you know, Coach Gonzalez has done a great job. Uh, down there and you know you just excited to build plan this last weekend awesome well thank you coach so much for taking the time to talk to me i know you have a really busy schedule ahead of saturday and uh, good luck this weekend all right thank you all right great interview thanks for uh, taking the time out coach amos and uh, brandon good job on that one next up the forays cuna 11 and 0 and blackfoot 11 and 1 blackfoot has that one loss to star valley wyoming um, early in september it, it's also going to be one of those who are coming in. Cuna, it's been a while. They haven't won a championship since the, the they were in the SRV back in 1991. So wow. that's back in the SRV with, uh, you know, I think Bishop Kelly was SRV back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the current SRV was mainly WIC back then. Everybody's moved up a classification since then. Um, but coming in, they're excited. Everybody's flying high in, in, in Cuna for this, for this. Blackfoot, they're acting like they've been there before because they have. They've won championships, a lot of championships. In, in recent memory, they've been to the state tournament in recent memory. And so coming in, not saying they're not excited, but they're definitely the more um, big game experience team. Yeah, and especially when you look at teams here from the Treasure Valley, you know, there's more people, there's more media attention paid to those teams, mm-hmm. you know, from the SIC, whereas Eastern Idaho, not a lot going on out there. But those teams, you know, all of them, Rigby, Blackfoot, they're all really good. Right. And, and sometimes the media can get caught up in the big story, which is CUNA. Haven't been yeah. there before, uh, you know, winning all these games. And, uh, and, and that's what they talk about. Well, meanwhile, Blackfoot, 11-1, and one, going to the state championship. Hey, we're here too. But, you know, I don't, I don't think media coverage matters to most teams. It's that blue trophy yeah. that they get at the end of the game. So going into that one, it's, it's also going to be a really tight one. That's going to be at Holt Arena, Saturday, 6 o'clock. Uh, we've got Scott Burton and Clay Hatfield on the call there. Now, Brandon, you also had a chance to get on the phone with uh, head coach Sherm Blaser of CUNA for this. Yeah, he gave me a lot of good insight on, you know, what it means to have the cavemen back in the championship conversation and kind of the sense of urgency around the program since they are heading up to 5A next year. Let's take a listen and see what Coach Blazer had to say. On the phone, we have head coach Sherm Blazer of the CUNA Cavemen. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. So when it comes to, you know, this matchup, on Saturday in Holt Arena, how does it feel knowing you've led your team to its its best season since 1991? Um, it's kind of surreal in some ways. You know, we, every coach comes in every season going, "Hey, I want to want to play for a state championship," and unfortunately, only two get to do it every year. So to be able to do that is, is kind of crazy. And to look at the history of our program and where we've gotten to at this point, I'm pretty excited about and, and ready to play. Now, next year, you know, the cavemen will be headed up to 5A after the IHSAA denied your petition a few years ago to stay at the 4A level. 
with the likes of, you know, Eagle, Rocky Mountain, Bora, a lot of powerful programs in the 5A SIC, do you feel like there's a sense of urgency surrounding your program, knowing this could be, you know, CUNA's last year at the 4A level to really win a state championship? Uh, yeah, a little bit, to be honest. You know, there's definitely a sense of urgency to, to try to establish the program the way we want it. We, we definitely want to be in that group of elite programs and, and be mentioned in the same breath as Eagle and Rocky and Highland and Coeur d'Alene and some of the other, you know, big five, powerful 5A programs in the state. And moving up from 4A to 5A next year, is, we, we did have that sense of urgency, the coaching staff saying we got to really establish things the way we want them and put ourselves in a position to make that move next year and to maintain the success that we're having here. So there's, there's a little bit of pressure there, I, I feel like, in, in a good way. Now, when it comes to your quarterback, Sean Austin, uh, he'd be the first to tell you, he posted on Twitter a couple days ago about you know his crazy stats that he's been putting up this postseason, and he's absolutely right. Um, but probably the most impressive stat, zero turnovers in the playoffs. How much uh, do you stress ball security in your program, not just to, to Sean, but the entire offense? Yeah, a lot. A lot. There are a few things in our program um, that we feel fundamentally are non-negotiables, uh, as we call them. So they're, they're things that we have to do on a consistent basis. And ball security is one of them. And we, we built a couple um, drill circuits that we do during spring practice and then through fall camp and into the, the first third of our season uh, as we break it up the first three games of the year that we do on a daily basis. And one of the, you know, we, we, we focus a lot on that. On the flip side, we, you know, we, we work on takeaways defensively. And our, our margin's really good right now as we're, you know, plus 15 or 18, something like that, and um, takeaways and giveaways. So it, it's something that we look at and say we have to be really good at. Uh, a few, few years ago or a few moons ago, I was told uh, by one of my coaches in college that I showed some statistics that supported it that turnovers are, one of the major determining factors in wins and losses and, and the team that uh, takes the ball away three or more times in a game and gives it up less than three times a game is going to have a higher success chance of, of, of winning. And so uh, when I, when I came here, that's something I decided we have to do on a daily basis um, is be able to take the ball away and, and not give it up. So, you know, Sean, Sean's correct. You know, we, we haven't had very many, uh, turnovers that we've given away in the playoffs. He's had none, and and we've only, by corrected my my thought process here, we've only had one fumble that we've lost in the playoffs thus, thus far. So, and speaking of defense, you know the, the Blackfoot offense, you know they just they run wild uh, behind you know a pretty dominant running back in Tina Thomas. Um, how is your yeah. defense preparing to you know win that turnover bottle and and stop such a good running attack? You know, we, we focused a lot this week on trying to put ourselves in the right position to stop that running attack. They are very good at it. Their they're running back is quick and, and can run. You know, pretty fast kid. I, I, he's a low 1,100, high 10, 900 runner kind of kid. You know, he can go. So we have to be able to make sure that we are body in each gap and that we can keep him at the line of scrimmage. If we let him get past that line scrimmage we're gonna we're gonna struggle so we've put a lot of emphasis on that this week and spent a lot of time mentally and physically trying to put ourselves in those positions 
And finally, you know, Holt Arena, a pretty far shot away from CUNA. How are you keeping your team fresh and ready to go for Saturday? Um, we tweaked our, our practice schedule a little bit. Um, we took uh, Wednesday and, and had more of a mental day, uh, less physical day, so that we can try to get our legs underneath us and, and stay fresh and healthy that way. We've been pretty fortunate with the, the injury bug not hitting us too hard right now, so we're we're happy with that. And then we're hitting the road on Friday afternoon and, and heading over to Pocatello and, again, take advantage of some time that we can get into the dome and get a feel for that and uh, get some rest that way while we're traveling. So, um, we, like I said, we tweaked our practice schedule just, just slightly this week and trying to trying to keep riding the horse that got us into town. So. We'll see how it goes. Sweet. Anything else you'd like to add, you know, about Blackfoot, this upcoming game, CUNA as a whole? You know, Black Blackfoot's a very, very good football team. There's a reason they're they're playing in the state championship. And, and Coach Buck has been there for a long time and has established one of the top-tier programs. And you know, we, we know they're going to be real physical. So uh, we're trying to figure out ways to stay healthy in practice and, and not get dinged up and hitting each other and, match that physicality that they're going to have uh, so that that poses a challenge for sure and they're they're a really good team so we're, we're hoping it'll be a good game well coach blazer i know you're probably incredibly busy getting ready for the championship game thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here at idaho sports and uh, good luck this weekend thanks go caveman my name is lisa and i smoked for 16 years before i finally quit when I was a smoker, I didn't want to do things that wouldn't allow me to smoke. I never went on a field trip with either one of my children. All the field trips to the zoo, I missed all of that because that little round stick was controlling so much of my life. Now I can do any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. All right, heading over to the three A's after that. Sugar Salem, 9-1, Homedale, 11-0. It's deja vu from last year. These two teams played each other for the championship. Daniel Uranga, the quarterback, was a junior. He's a senior now, a lot more experienced. Um, you know, Sugar Salem won by eight points. Uh, Mason Kinchlow, the star running back for Homedale, came up a yard short. They didn't get it. Sugar Salem wins along with 86 other championships and second place wins they had last year in all sorts of different sports. Sugar Salem coming in, the target on their back, all gear, ranked number one. Of course, the rankings don't matter. It's that RPI that matters. And uh, and coming into it, Sugar Salem and Homedale at the top of the RPI. And Homedale's looking for a little bit of payback after last year. Yeah, this one's going to be really interesting, especially when you look at the history of Homedale. You know, all of their state championships in the past couple decades came from Urangas. Yep. And so this is Daniel's last chance to, to add to that legacy in his family. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get it done. Yeah, you, you definitely are rooting for that to happen. Yeah. That, 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 that's a feel-good story. Yeah, exactly. Right? All right, let's go to the two ways. Two-way classification. McCall Donnelly, 11-0 versus Westside 10-1. and You and I had a chance to go up to McCall last week, and we did that game against North Fremont where, you know, undefeated's coming in. Uh, I really thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. Yeah, I think McCall Donnelly looks incredible in almost every phase you know yeah. uh their offense peter newson did an incredible job airing it out but also picking up yards with his legs and their defense you know they bottled up those great two running backs from north fremont right i just i don't see a lot of weaknesses on this vandal team. you know that defensive line and their linebackers just the entire defense for mccall is is really what has got him to this point sure pete newson awesome quarterback they've got receivers they've got running backs 
but it's that defense that is holding teams to well below their average in, in total yards every game is what really needs to come out in full force um, at Eagle High School on Saturday, 1 o'clock, for that championship game against Westside because Westside has that ground attack. They've got big guys on the line. They've got guys that can run. Um, it is ground, pound, ground, pound, and so that defense is really going to come into play for that one. Yeah, and speaking of defense, you know, the Vandals have held opponents to just over six points per game. Well, Westside's right there. They've held opponents to an average of seven points per game. So it's kind of hard to determine, you know, what kind of game we're going to get. Is it going to be an offensive fireworks show, or right. is it going to be a defensive, you know, grinded out, low-scoring game? It could come down to one team wins with a field goal, and the other team gets a safety, 3-2 yeah, to two for exactly. the final. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go to the 1A D1s now. Prairie 10-0 versus Lost Rivers 11-0, a battle of the undefeated the Pirates coming in. Friday night's the only Friday night championship game. 7 o'clock from the Kibbe Dome. You and I will be on that one as well. Head coach Ryan Hasselstrom for Prairie. And Lost Rivers has two two coaches, Sam Thorngren and Travis Drussel. You had a chance to uh, get Coach Thorngren on the horn earlier this week. And uh, let's take a listen to see how that conversation went. On the phone, we have Lost Rivers head coach, Sam Thorngren. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, you're the head coach of the Lost River Pirates. What does it mean to you and your team to appear in a state championship game in the first year of the program? Uh, it really means a lot. You know, when it, when we agreed to do it, you're, you really want to have success because we know there's a chance it's going to come up again in the future. And so, uh, yeah, it just means everything that we've been successful. So, so uh, next time it comes around, and it will, it'll, it should go a lot smoother. Yeah, and what does it mean to, you know, those those couple Mackey kids who, you know, if this co-op hadn't happened, they'd just be sitting at home not being able to play football at all? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the main point right there. It means everything, and they're such great kids. You know, it's you know it's been a joy to coach them, and right off the bat, you know, it, it just kind of hit it off, and they, they'd all played with the kids before when they were in grade kids, so they were used to it. But for us coaches, it's been pretty special to get to meet those kids and, and coach them up because they're like I said they're just great kids with good personalities and work hard and I'm just glad it's all worked out and I know you've probably been you know asked this a hundred times but when those two coaching staffs came together and those two rosters came together what was that merging process like at the beginning of the season how did you guys kind of get your feet under you and figure out you know what your identity as a team was well, it was it was a little weird, but you know Travis Dressel, the Mackey head coach, me and him have been friends for forever, so that made things a little easier. And he talked about coming in and just learning our stuff and assimilating, and and it's so it's gone uh, you know pretty smooth, and and we've learned a lot from them. It was kind of funny as we put things together, seeing what each of us had stressed you know the year before in practice, and just our approaches in general are so different, you know. And, and there's no one right right way to do it, so it's pretty neat to pretty neat to see, you know, just to watch it come together, and we kind of changed each other, I think. Yeah, you mentioned a, a different of styles and a different of approaches. Um, what kind of differed between you know your coaching staff that you had and uh, and the Mackin coaching staff that you guys kind of had to work through? Well, we you know we were pretty well loaded up with a big line and a lot of running backs. We've been ground and pound for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year they were kind of undersized and <laughs> undermanned, so they'd stress their passing game. So uh, you know we'd kind of blended that, kind of mixed and matched a little more. And we'd already committed to doing more option, so it's kind of been a kind of a conglomeration of things there that have made it successful. 
turning your attention to Friday's game, what about that Prairie offense makes the Pirates so dominant? And how are you and your defense preparing for that? I mean, they do they do everything well. I mean, it's just a solid team. They're not going to catch something that they're, you know, don't, you're not going to take advantage of some deficiency there. You just got to outplay them. I mean, they're so well-rounded in all phases. They run the ball really great. You know, they're effective in their throwing game. Their, their defense is just multiple and brings a lot of pressure. You know, so it's it's just a lot of things, and you just got to be solid in what you do. You know, that's what we're stressing is we, we just have to outplay them. You're not going to out-scheme them. you got to out-execute them. We're, you know, we're excited about it. Prairie's definitely the measuring stick in 1A football. Seems like they're in it every year. You know, they're just so well coached and play hard. And, you know, we're pretty, you know, we feel pretty honored that we're the, the last team standing with them and want to give them a game. You know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Two really good teams. I could, I could see it going either way. So let's just hope it's a great game and everyone comes out healthy and, you know, it's on to the future. Whatever happens in this state championship game, looking ahead to next year, how do you see you know the future of the Pirates shaping up with the IHSA turning down your petition to stay at the the one A D one level? Uh, that's kind of the tough one right now. I mean, we're we're hoping we can try the petition again because right now, like our our numbers wise, we're going to be about the same, probably close to you know, 30 kids and Mackie right now, we know that they got for next year, there's anywhere between four and, four and six kids. And so it's hard because the state wants us to play 2A and we're, we're just not set up for a 2A program at this time. We'd have to pull up every sophomore and then I don't even know if we'd make it through a 2A season, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, I know that, that you and the other coaches from Mackey would like to see Mackey, you know, get its own team back, you know, sometime in the future. Do you see that happening anytime soon, or are the Lost River Pirates here to stay for a while? So I think it could happen. I mean, there's some kids there, you know, we'll, this is something that we're going to revisit probably right right here in the off season. You know, as soon as it gets over, they'll see if they can round up enough interest for next year. But it's going to be hard because there's just kids that aren't football kids in that school right now. We got all the ones that really want to play. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just one of those big unknowns, and you know, and, and they want to have their own program, and I, you know, like them to have it too. And but I like having them with us also. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn both ways there. But you always want schools and kids to be successful. So, so yeah, we'll. Uh, you know, that's as soon as this championship game's over, that's where our attention's going full bore of yeah. the future of it. Like I said, we could be the co op could be off for a couple of years and then back on. You just don't know. I mean, both our communities are gradually shrinking. So, you know, eventually it will be the norm. Yeah. Is that where you at all, you know, seeing the smaller towns get smaller and the bigger cities get bigger? Yeah, it is. And that's where I don't think a lot of the rules everything that are set up are really set up with the small schools in mind. You know, I think we get kind of caught up in a lot of that. A lot of politics there, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Because you're trying to do what's right for kids. and You know, it's hard for us to have, they feel like we're gaining a big advantage by getting four kids. And it is a little bit of an advantage there. But it's not like we're on the top end of the enrollment numbers either there, so... Yeah. 
So I understand. I understand the argument on the other side, but I also don't think it's fair for those four or six kids not to have an option to play next year. That's mm -hmm. what it comes down to. Now, you and your team are going to be traveling you know, hundreds of miles to be, to be, to be going up in Nashville. How are you keeping your team, your guys, fresh for this game? Uh, we're, we're lucky enough they let us do it in a two-day trip. We've done that long trip before twice and really took a lot out of you. Yeah. You know, and really that long trip, the, the trip defeats a lot of teams, you know, going either way. And so uh, we've just been focused on, I mean, what you can control is really your attitude and how you prepare and the way we spend our time in here so we're not wasting time and, you know, trying to keep our mind on the game and engaged and and moving so i think you know the attitude of our team i think they'll respond really well you know i really do i think i don't think it's going to be a, a huge factor for us but we'll just we'll manage it the best we can and see how it turns out awesome well coach you know thanks so much for talking to me and uh good luck this weekend okay thank you all right best of luck to both those teams playing we're really excited uh to get up there and uh, and do that game tomorrow night the 1AD2s, last but not least, of course, the smallest of the classifications in Idaho, Cary versus Lighthouse Christian, another one of those games where we were talking about this same game during the championships last year. It's another rematch. Third time in a, in, in a row Cary's been to the championship. Lighthouse won last year against Cary. Corey Holloway knows what he's doing there in, at Lighthouse Christian in Twin Falls. Two very good coaches. And both teams coming out of the Sawtooth Conference basically at the start of the year. Um, every other 1AD2 team in the state goes, well, we're going for third this year because there's going to be a couple of teams coming out of the Sawtooth, and let's go for it. So with this rematch, you, you, you've played these teams before. Some of those kids you've seen across the line. The coaches know what to expect. Uh, so coming into it, again, we're looking at an, another game that could go right down to the wire. Yeah, and you want to talk about a difference of, of offenses. Lighthouse, they kind of get out of a little bit of a balance. You know, Holloway likes to air it out, but they also got some great running backs. Where you look at Kerry, Carson Simpson, 41 touchdowns on the year. That's almost four times more than any other player on the team. If Lighthouse can stop Simpson from running right. wild, that'll be the key to the game. And, you know, there's been so many of those players this year that, you know what, if we can just stop him, yeah. you know, and Austin Bolt, for example. Yeah. And, and so many times, you know, you can't stop him. Uh, mm -hmm. You can only hope to contain him is how they, how they say it. And the same can be said with Simpson. I mean, he's just a, a great kid and, and a great player in both these teams coming in really, really wanted to come away with the win. So, uh, you know, congratulations to all 12 of those teams that have made the state championships. We'll be um, audio broadcasting all six of those games live and free on IdahoSports.com. Before we take off, we've got, uh, we're going to talk about a little cool thing we're doing uh, for the first time at Holt Arena at the middle game, the 3A game. 3A is Sugar Salem, Homedale. We just talked about that. Um, our broadcast team is... Scott Burton is going to be on play-by-play -play for all three games. So for this game, we are surrounding him with the two uh, PA guys from each team. So Lance Taylor, the PA guy for Sugar Salem, will be on one side of him. And Clay Hatfield, the PA guy for Homedale, is going to be on the other side. I don't know if this has ever been done in the state of Idaho <laughs> with a broadcast with the two PA guys as color. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good idea or not. It, it could be an absolute dumpster fire, but I think it's going to be good. I mean, all three of these guys are, are IdahoSports.com broadcasters consummate professionals they all know what they're doing and you have scott burton in the middle you know clowns to the left jokers on the right and <laughs> scott's stuck in the middle there by himself and i actually uh 
gave Scott a call. We talked about um, talked about the games that they're doing, but then talked about this uh, different dynamic that they're going to have in the booth with two different color guys, one essentially from each team. Let's take a listen and see what Scott said. I'm here with Scott Burton, the uh, play-by-play aficionado here at IdahoSports.com. Scott, how are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Jeez, about choked when they introduced me. I was so moved. <laughs> a single tear is now rolling down your cheek. <laughs> no, now, it's not. Sorry, I'm doing great. Thanks. A, a disclaimer here: Scott's also one of my best friends. So if this if this interview goes off the rails, it's not unexpected. We'll just say that and, up front. No, absolutely not unexpected, and probably expected. Yes. Well, Scott, we're we're heading into the state championship game. And for football, and in this Saturday, you're calling three games in a row back to back to back. That doesn't happen too often. Are you pretty excited about that? You know what? It does. It reminds me of back in the Rocky Mountain Rumble days where yeah. we would get those three or four games in a row. And you and I did those before. Yes. And they are so much fun. But the, you know, the accommodations at Hold Arena are so perfect for this, you know, type of situation that. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited, and there should be some great games on top of that. Now, you and I, also, we also do state basketball where it's, you know, back-to-back <clears throat> games as well. But when you get into uh-huh. a state championship, there's so much on the line. You, you've won a state championship. You, you won a couple at your own, correct? Uh, yes, um, seven if you're counting, but, you know, nobody's counting. <laughs> no one's counting on that. <laughs> but, but you remember how big of a deal it was. So as broadcasters, we have to remember that it's, you know, each game is is mm-hmm. the most important game of those kids lives even though we've got one before one after or, or two after or whatnot and and to get in that frame of mind you know I, i'm doing a couple this weekend um they're not back to back but there's still a couple and and to get into that frame of mind takes takes a little bit get, of getting used to yeah it, it does because it's one of the hardest things to do is is take the emotions that you just kind of express through the course of this long game that meant a lot to a lot of people and then just completely shut it down and start over again. And that's the toughest part of doing games back to back. You know, you do a single game, you can get all fired up and, and, uh, and just kind of take that with you. But when you've got to shut it down immediately and do it a couple of times, it uh, gets a little bit difficult. You know, and this Saturday you've got some really, really good games as well. You know, sometimes you get in the championship and go, well, championship was actually played in the semifinals. This one's done. But this week, that's not the case. You know, first up, you've got uh, the 1A Division Two at 12, Carey versus Lighthouse. I mean, these, these two teams played last week. Carey's won. Uh, you know, they, they played in this championship. This will be three years in a row. Lighthouse is going back-to-back. Lots on the stake there in the 1A-D2s. Well, you know, and the, and the thing is about this division, some of the best teams in this division reside in this conference. Mm-hmm. You know, year in and year out, you're going to hear the names Carey and Lighthouse, and, and here we go again, yep. three times in a row for Carey. You know, a little score to settle. Lighthouse beat them 26-20 last year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that should be a really interesting game. Very evenly matched team. Should be exciting. Now, the game after that, 3 o'clock, is a 3A game you're doing. Homedale versus Sugar Salem. And kind of the same thing. These two teams played last year in the championship. Sugar Salem won by 8. Homedale, uh, you know, their star running back, Kinchlow, had a chance to score at the last second. Came up a yard short. You know, a, a lot of history, short history between these two teams. But I think they're both chomping at the bit. To get back on the field together oh no question about it and they're coming from two opposite sides of the state so it's not like they're seeing each other year in and year out but it's funny when you get into state tournament times what kind of rivalries start to happen when these teams see each other at the state tournament over and over again and th- this is no different here with uh with these two teams and boy again evenly matched it should be a great game all right, Scott, the nightcap there at Holt Arena is going to be the 4A game, 6 p.m., Blackfoot versus CUNA. 
Blackfoot, they won four out of, you know, in six years between 2007-2012. Cuma, though, they haven't won a championship since 1991 when they were in the uh, 3A SRV. And I believe that was a team that was coached by Jerry Nutt, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And that was a long, long time ago. You know, and the funny thing about this and the exciting thing about this game is going to be experience versus happy to be there. I mean, we know that Blackfoot is kind of the perennial championship contender. As mm-hmm. you said, they've had that, that run of championships. But, you know, this is a team that's used to playoff atmosphere, a program that's used to being here. You know, CUNA is just having this remarkable season. And uh, to find out a little bit more about that, go to the website, idosports.com. There's a cool article yeah. uh, about the rise of CUNA. Do they have the experience in the big game under the big lights to contend with a program that's been there and done that? That's going to be interesting to see. You know, and, and the other side of that is next year, CUNA goes 5A. And so, mm-hmm. in the, you know, the 5A SICs, you might have heard, is pretty darn tough. And uh, and coming into the 5A, they actually petitioned down two years ago to stay 4A, and they can't. And uh, and so it's going to be, I don't want to say it's one and done. This is the, the chance for them. But it's going to be a much, much harder road to hoe uh, once they hit 5A. Oh, no question about it. I mean, when you're CUNY, you're looking at this going, this might be our only chance for quite a while yeah. to uh, get a state title. And so, you know, there's going to be a huge CUNA following all the way to Holt Arena. Um, you know, I'm sure you're seeing it kind of being up in that area. Yeah, yeah. I live here in CUNA. My kids go to CUNA. And so, you know, they had a big uh, pep rally, community pep rally last night. They've got buses coming over. My wife is actually going to drive over while I'm going to Moscow, up north, to, to oh. watch the game. So if you well, see cool. her, t- tell her hi. Well, give her a headset. <laughs> Let's throw her on, absolutely. Well, if she can be the halftime show, we'll just get all the dirt on you. How's that? <laughs> well, speaking of cool things during broadcasts, besides just my wife, you know, one thing that we're doing this year is something that I don't know has ever been done before in the state of Idaho. Maybe done somewhere else, but I've never heard it being done here. And so during the 3A game, Holmdale and Sugar Salem, you and Clay Hatfield, who's your color guy for the for the, for the day, are inviting in Lance Taylor. Lance Taylor is the uh, PA guy for Sugar Salem. Clay is the PA guy for Holmdale. So you are going to be kind of the man in the middle with with a guy on your left, a guy on your right, who are the PA guys for the respective teams playing in the championship. Now, when I approached you about this idea, honestly, what, what did you think of this? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was going to be kind of a little Hatfield and McCoy type of situation. <laughs> where almost. Play Hatfield. Hey. <laughs> exactly. No pun intended. Um, but uh, sitting there in the middle trying to keep these guys under control because they're going to have some incredible insight to these teams. And that's the first thing I thought of was, oh, man, what are they going to be able to bring to this broadcast? Because uh-huh. they know these teams better next to the coaches better than anybody. Right, right. And you get, you get guys with that type of insight into players, into the program. It can be a really good time. Now, doing a broadcast, you know, you've got your play-by-play, you've got your color, and there's the worry of tripping over each other and talking over each other. You get mm-hmm. two guys enabled, you know, trying to make sure that happens. So what's your game plan for two color guys? I tell you what, and they don't know this, but I have uh, sneaked in like little shock buzzers into each headset. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, if anyone steps out of line, I have a little button right underneath the desk there. That's not and, a bad uh, idea. And that, we should do that for we should do that for any game. Doesn't matter if it's you know one color guy or two. Exactly. So they're going to learn real quick where the line's at. I like. I like <laughs> you're you're taking charge early. <laughs> That's I like right. It. I like it. Well, it's going to be a fun time. Um, I, I wish I could be there with you guys um, to enjoy, but. I, I'll, I'll be listening in while I'm doing – I'll be at the 5A at 1 o'clock on Saturday, Coeur d'Alene and Rigby, and then, of course, Friday night, the 1AD ones uh, with that um, – all the Lollapalooza going on at Kibbe Dome up north. So 
it's going to be a good time. We appreciate you, uh, everything you do during the year, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun for you. Hope you're looking forward to it. Oh man, I've been looking forward to this ever since uh, the brackets kind of shaped this way last weekend. It's it's going to be a blast, and there's going to be some quality games. Not just sitting in a great environment watching state championship football. These are going to be three great games. Well, Scott, thanks for taking the time out today, and we'll let you get back to uh, to whatever you were doing, and uh, we'll we'll be listening in uh, on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Always a good time talking to my good friend, Scott Burton. Uh, he's he's going to manage it well. I have no doubt that those three are going to have the time of their lives calling that game. Um, wish I could be there, but uh, we're going to have a good time of our own up in the Kibbe Dome, Brandon. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really fun. Two games, two days, long road trip, but uh, I love going to Moscow any chance I get. Well, that is going to do it for the IdahoSports.com prep cast presented by Project Filter, the state championship edition. Make sure you check back to IdahoSports.com for updated schedules, scores, brackets, action photos. We have photographers at every single championship game. And girls basketball has started. We're going to have previews up uh, post-haste as, also, as well as the boys' schedules and previews for them as well. So for Brandon Hill, I'm merely Paul Kingsbury. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>